Hi, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. If you like to play golf, Magnolia Valley Golf Club is offering some specials this week. Give them a call up there at 727-847-2342. They have a 9-hole executive course, and they have an 18-hole par 72. And they've got great food on the 19th hole. So call my friend Pete at 727-847-2342. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Hey, listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my good friend, William Helfrich. He's a lawyer, and a darn good one at that. He specializes in medical malpractice, social security issues, and probate. His credentials are exceptional. He is a former JAG, yes, a military lawyer, sworn to uphold the law to the highest ethical standards. For over 20 years, he was an attorney for the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. Give Bill a call at 727-831-5312. That's 727-831-5312. Let William Helfrich help you make informed legal choices. I'm Justin Shear, a.k.a. Big Chief. You want to race, you got to go through me. Street racing has been going on in this spot for around 30 years. It's known as one of the greatest spots in the country. When we moved to Oklahoma, I didn't know anybody. I said, where's the hot rods? Because I don't see none of them. Oh, those guys, they don't come out until late. I would sneak out and ride my bicycle, and I'd sit 50 or 100 foot away from all those guys, hope to get a glimpse of what's under the hood or what it sounds like. And when they leave, I'm the idiot kid saying, get on it, you know, and melt the tire. Do something, you know, that's what I came up here to see. Eventually, somebody's going to make eye contact with the idiot kid on a bicycle, and they're going to bring it over and they go, hey, quit with the do a burnout. The only time to do a burnout is before you race. You apply the rubber to the road, and then that's the way that the car wants to hook. And that's where it's at. Back in the day, I mean, you know, old guys experienced with everything. You know, they tried bleach, Dr. Pepper, Mountain Dew, any kind of soda pop, you know, anything that had syrup in it, sugar water, anything that they thought was sticky. But sticky's not what you want. You want to break down that tire. So you have to use a chemical that will break down a tire faster than anything out there. Most guys, they want to show off, they'll do a burnout, whatever. These guys were different. These guys were pulling out in full-blown race cars in the middle of the night. I knew right then, they're going to Airport Road. Everybody knows it. And I'm standing there holding a bicycle. You know, and I told myself, I'm going to be faster than all those guys. Almost 16 years old, I got my first car, a 72 Pontiac Le Mans. Before you know it, I was calling out, and everybody kind of knew who I was because I was there every Saturday night. Varley was number one. Now, Daddy Dave was a solid prick to me, and I didn't like the guy for 10 years. He's a Yankee. He'll spit in your face. He's got like 20-some kids. He's a He'd move your bike when you weren't there, and he did that he thought was funny. Now, I guess it's kind of funny, but, you know, back then, you know, I was like, I'm going to knock that big ass nose off his head if he does it again you know what i mean and i'd have whipped his ass he was a, you know he can't fight barley seen that dave could drive and he made dave drive his car dave worked for him he kind of took dave in dave lost a race he lost it to a guy that barley and just didn't want to lose to barley says that dave threw the race dave and barley got into it after that dave would never drive for barley again i didn't like the way that they did it the guys that were running the show back then they would never make a decision. They'd never just say, we're going here, we're going to race, these two, boom, 
whatever. They would never do that. Sometimes they wouldn't even do anything. They'd just stand in the damn parking lot all night, and eventually they'd go home. So there was nobody to, to make it happen. There was no lead guy. Eventually, I would pull into the parking lot, and I would pick three or four guys that I wanted to race, and I'd just say, hey, look, we're rolling. I want to race you guys. We'd roll out west of town, knock a few races off, and we'd come back. And everybody'd be like, where'd y'all go? We went racing. Then they'd all go out racing later, and they'd all get popped. Eventually, everyone just kind of got behind me on the deal, and they, they realized that I was going to keep them safe. I visualized a different way of doing it, and I executed that plan perfectly, and if I made a mistake, I didn't let it show. So there was just no option for those guys. It changed the game forever, and it'll never be the same. This is Tom Mondes McEwen. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Your show's great. Okay, listeners, you are. <laughs> okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I missed my cue. Hey, Cedric, how you doing this evening? Nah, you're fine, man. You're fine. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think you. I, you never. You know what? It's, it's it's live radio, and that's the fun thing about it. You know, we can goof up here, and it's uh, spontaneous, and sometimes it is funny. But anyway, you dumb cracker. <laughs> Check out my butt. <laughs> we are getting so bad here, Beavis and Butthead. Give me a break. What next? Anyway. <laughs> Rent your computers in Google Tan Talk 1340.com and you can see us live here streamed in the studio in downtown Clearwater at WTAN. And hey, don't forget I'm your show host, Robert. Usually, right, Cedric? But anyway, yeah. hey, run to our uh, website. Check out GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, okay? And be sure and check out our podcast, okay, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, where you can see, actually, well, you can see some pretty cool pictures, and there's some text there, and you can hear all the past shows that you've missed, okay? So you can listen to the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports. We got a great show for you tonight. We got some really fascinating people coming on, both of them current TV stars, okay, and street guys, street racers. There was a little clue at the beginning of the show. But uh, anyway, so that uh, will be coming up a little bit later during our interview period. Uh, I think we're going to have a little giveaway here because over the weekend, we were at Festivals of Speed. And let me tell you, that was one fun-filled event. I mean, there was a ton of people there. I mean, our, our uh, one of our alumni was there, um, Dennis Gage from My Classic Cars, and he will be coming back on the show. Bobby Rahal was there. We hung out with him for a little bit. He had a couple of good things to say. And he was also the uh, keynote speaker as well as the uh, guest of honor there at uh, Festivals of Speed. And uh, we did some judging. There were some pretty cool cars there. Um, everybody had a great time. The weather was a little funky, though. It was kind of overcast, got kind of clear and sunny, and then uh, you know a little overcast again. A little cool in the morning, but still, overall, a really, really nice day, and everybody seemed to have a good time. There was a huge turnout there. A couple of things that were really kind of cool there. They had a guy, a gentleman, I've never met him before, a real nice guy. He's from Illinois. He had an amazing collection of Ferraris. And a couple of the cars that he brought was a beautiful, a stunning 1967 Ferrari 330 GTC Spider. Um, those cars, they made about 100 of them, real ones. 
and or just shy of 100. And I think they made the total production, 67, 68, I think was around, mm, somewhere around 600, they say. Oh, really? Yeah, really. And uh, then what they did in 69, or later, latter part of 69, or 68, 69, they came out, they put the bigger motor in it, okay? So they put the 4-liter in it. They called it a 365 GTC. Okay. That's what it was called. So that's right. Yeah, right. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, so that was a cool car, but it was a legit spider. Beautiful color, too. Not your typical Ferrari red, not a black car, not a white car. It was a real pretty dark metallic blue uh, with a black leather interior. But absolutely stunning car. Another car that that same gentleman had was a 84 Ferrari 288 GTO. That was a uh, pretty fast car. Uh, GT, IMSA, and all those guys, they kind of created a class for that car. Actually started out in Europe and it was carried on over here to the United States. And then the predecessor to that car, or the successor to that car, I should say, was the F40. And then the successor to that car ultimately became the Enzo. And then now, I don't know what it is. I mean, these things are so high-tech. I just saw, saw on the news the other day that Ferrari's got a new hybrid out, and it's like uh, a million six. You know, when the Ferrari 288 GTO came out, it was about 300000 just under $300,000. When the F40 came out, it was at a half a mil, 400 and change. And some of the dealers were marking them up because they only made a few, a handful of them as usual. And then, of course, there was a huge markup on them. So they were selling them for about a mil. And then the Enzos were obviously well over a mil. And, of course, now they have this new uh, hybrid prototype that's uh, capable of reaching speeds of 220-some-odd miles an hour. Amazing stuff. Now, in Europe and Germany, on the Autobahn, you could probably do that. In the United States, although we have highways that were that are perfectly conducive to 200-mile-an-hour trips. Um, it's just we have a law that says you can't go over 70. Unless, I think, in Montana. Maybe one of these days uh, we'll have to look that up. Cedric, if you get a chance, see if there's any speed limits in Montana or Wyoming. I'm not speed sure. Speed limits in Montana or Wyoming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm just curious. But uh, anyway, hey, yeah, let's go to this little giveaway thing that I want to do here real quick because... Uh, it's just kind of a cool thing. I, I mentioned Dennis Gage from My Classic Car. He was uh, there, and he gave me a bunch of decals to give away as radio show giveaways. So the ninth and the 11th caller, if you call in the studio here at 727-441-3000, that's 727-441-3000. We will give you a My Classic Car decal to put on your hot rod, street rod, or skateboard. So, uh, anyway, the phones are lighting up, as usual. So, Mon- Mon- Montana and, and what was the other one? Oh, Wyoming. There Wyoming. Yep, 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 somewhere okay. right there. I got all these lines lighting up. What am I taking? Uh, the ninth and the 13th caller. Okay. All right. You know. But we're friendly. Yeah, I know, I know. All right, let me get these. At any rate, um, so that was what went on on Sunday, Festival of Speed. And, of course, Friday, because this whole weekend we had the Turkey Rod Run. And on Friday, uh, my good buddy Don and I decided to trek up to Daytona to the Speedway for the swap meet. And it was really, really packed. Now, you can take that as a good sign, you know, that... Um, that there was a, uh, that, I don't know, that's a sign of the economy. I'm not sure. But anyway, there was a lot of people there. And, of course, a couple of people that were there that we ran into besides my usual friends is I bumped in again to uh, Candy Clark, Cindy Williams, and Bo Hopkins, cast of the original movie American Graffiti. So we had a little chat, and uh, it's a good possibility we will have all three of them on the show. But there was some pretty cool stuff there at the swap meet. Not as much old stuff as usual, a lot of new stuff. You had to really hunt and peck. You know, the good old days when you could find, you know, the rare, you know, Hot rod parts, you know, the Cobra Jet stuff, the Boss stuff, the Hemi stuff, and uh, 
you know, the big block Chevrolet stuff and the rare, uh, you know, high performance cool goodies is just, uh, they're probably, all that stuff's probably falling in the hands of hardcore collectors and hoarders. So it's going to be a while before that stuff surfaces again. But they had a lot of other cool stuff there. Anyway, I think what we're going to do is we're going to fire up the record player here for a second, and we're going to play a cool song. We're going to go to a couple commercials, and then we are going to bring our guests on for the evening. So stick around. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't go away. Hey, get a little Henry Paul for you. Some Southern rock. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout. 
takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Your Pizza Shop, located at 1200 8th Avenue Southwest in Largo, offers a great selection of personalized pizzas, pastas, and calzones, as well as delicious wings, subs, salads, and tasty desserts. Enjoy the relaxing atmosphere and scenic view overlooking Pinecrest Golf Course. Remember, for the finest pizza anywhere, takeout, delivery, or catering, call 581-1101. That's 581-1101. Or order online at yourpizzashop.com. Hi, this is Shirley Cha-Cha Mulvaney, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and yes, you are tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And you know what? It really is Smoking Rib Shack Wednesday. You always hear me talking about the guys over at the Smoking Rib Shack. They have got the best barbecue. So you need to stop by there. It's right downtown Largo, West Bay Drive. Give them a call, 501-9090. Another shout-out goes to my buddy John and Mark over at Cop Cars Online. Not only do they have really cool cop cars and stuff like that, but they've got some like, pretty cool classics that they uh, broker from time to time. So give my friends John and Mark a call over at Cop Cars Online, 536-2677. And a big shout-out to Dom Forte and his crew over there at Forte's Inboard and Auto Connection. Give them a shout if you need your classic cars worked on or your speedboat or your ski boat. Give them a call. They're in Pinellas Park over there off 66th Street. 544-6440. And a big shout-out to Dougie at the sign shop down on Madeira Beach. You know, every time I turn around and look at this really cool banner that he made for us right behind me here, if you're tuned in on the intranet, uh, he did an excellent job on that. So a big shout-out to Dougie over at the sign shop. Give him a call. 392-4852. 392-4852. Hey, this is what's going on this weekend. HSR. My friends over to Historic Sports Car Racing. they got a big event down there. It's Sebring. They're going to have some really cool people down there. Hurley Haywood's going to be there. Dave White. Our own local hero is going to be down there. Jochen Moss may be there. Brian Johnson from ACDC is going to be driving the S- Charity 935. Say that German one again. Jochen Maas. You yeah. like that? Yeah, Jochen like Maas. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a German. Jochen, Jochen, excuse me. Jochen Maas. Okay? Yeah. That's how you pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so big shout out to my friends Dave Hinton and all the rest of the guys at HSR. Also this weekend in Fort Myers, our little sweetheart. Cammy Edelbrock is going to be down at Hot Rods and Hogs this Sunday. Okay, signing autographs. And again, Rob, Radio Rob, this is a warning to you. I'm going to strap you to the roof of my excursion and take you down there. You hey. have. <laughs> hey, Rob, yeah. I heard you were giving away some stickers. Stickers, yeah, Rob, that's right. Oh, we, have to, uh, we have to congratulate our winner tonight. Yeah, we had a winner again, as usual. And, uh, but we don't usually give out the names, but we'll just say we had a winner. Uh, first-time caller, first-time yep. listener. Super. Yep. So I want to thank him. He works up there. At, well, we can say this. He works yeah, at the fire station. He at the fire station. Super, super. So make sure you tell all your friends, like us on Facebook and all that other good stuff. Hey, we're going to go to another song here real quick, and then we're going to bring our really cool guys on. Tonight's subject, one of my favorites. Street racing. Okay. Hey, we got a little Toby Keith right there. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, most legendary, fascinating names in motorsports. Stick around. We'll be right back. Strike. Had everything I own in the saddles on my back. I had a reputation for never staying very long. Just like a wild and restless drifter, like a cowboy in a song. I met a dark-haired beauty where the lay the west get down. In southern Arizona, in a little border town, 
She had to dance for money in that dusty old saloon. I dropped a dollar in the jukebox, played that girl a tune, yeah. Cowboys, that ain't what I'd pay you for, no. She jumped up and grabbed my pistol, stuck it in the fat man's back. Said, open up the safe, put your money in the sack. Tied his hands behind him and put a blindfold on his eyes. If you're dumb enough to chase this man, you dumb enough to die. Heartbeat pounded, and there's only one thing left to do when they got you all surrounded. She fired that old pistol, but we didn't stand a prayer. The money hit the gravel, bullets filled the air. Never see it coming, just hit you by surprise. It's that cold place in your soul, that fire and When it comes to street racing, there's two major things that you have to think of first safety and police. I have a specific spot that I want to race at, but I have to make sure that the cops aren't going to show up. That's my guy right there. Sometimes I'll go as far as paying security guards, business owners, finding police officers that may be working the location at that time that can turn their phone off and just let us be for a few hours to get done what we got to get done. If you want to race, you go through me. If you if you make a hit, I know about it. If your car's fast, I know who you are. If you're building something, I know whose garage it's in. It's weird how it happened, and it's weird that I would pick this avenue of life to be successful at and be the top dog in something like this because it doesn't make any sense to the rest of the world, but racing is it's the only thing. This is Tammy Edelbrock, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Thank you, Cammy. We will see you on Sunday. But anyway, hey, you know what? 
This is really cool. I was at a SEMA a couple months ago, or a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, and I had an opportunity to meet this really cool guy. And now I'm delighted to be able to invite him and welcome him to our show. Uh, he's a star of a new TV show on Discovery Channel. It's called Street Outlaws. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Sean, Asian, and Louise of Street Outlaws, the driver of the farm truck. Sean, are you there? Asian, how you doing, guys? Hey, what's going on? What's up, man? What's up? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> See, there's our dog. We brought our. We have our studio dog. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, hey, welcome to the show, and tell us all about the farm truck. How'd the whole thing come about for you? Oh, that old truck? Yeah, that cool old truck. It's just an old farm truck, man. It's, there's not much to talk about, you know? You're so modest. <laughs> <laughs> no, we thought it would be cool to uh, build that old truck and take an old truck and stuff a giant motor in it and put lots of nitrous to it. And sneak up on Corvettes and Vipers and uh, take their money. You know, who didn't have an old car or, or junky truck in high school and they just got beat by the by the rich guy in the Corvette with the hot girlfriend in the pasture seat? You know, who didn't have that? I think we all have experienced that. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I, you know, it, it's a bit of a bully beater. It's revenge for everyone that ever got ran off the road by a Corvette or a rich guy. Almost therapeutic. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because, you know, you drive that Chevy truck, and back in the 70s when I was in high school, I had a 72 Ranchero GT, and I picked the truck, basically, is because everybody had the Mustang, everybody had the Corvette, everybody had the Camaro, everybody had the Duster, you know, the Roadrunner and all that stuff, and they literally were beating everybody. But if you got beat by a truck, particularly back in the 70s, that was pretty embarrassing. So when I watch your show and I see the farm truck romp these guys, my hat's off to you guys because I think that's really, really cool, guys. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Buy stock and for sale signs because those guys stick a for sale sign in their car <laughs> when we get done with them. And Sharpie markers. <laughs> and Sharpie markers. <laughs> So tell us how the whole thing came about, you know? I mean, uh, you, you briefly brought me up to speed, but for our listeners, give us a story. Give us the background. Well, it all started for me. Uh, I was brought home from the hospital in a 1956 Ford pickup with no mufflers on it, and it was just loud as hell. And uh, it was burned in my DNA at that moment that I was going to do something with something fast. Um, I was flagging cars for my brother's friends. When I was 12 years old on Route 66, holding a flashlight above my head, um, street racing has been a way of life for for me. Okay. Asian, what about you? You know what, man? I've, I've got a bloodline of uh, family racers. You know, both my, my father um, and my uncle were, were motocross racers. Uh, my dad raced stock cars um, all down at Hawkeye Downs in Iowa. And so, you know, that, that redneck style of Midwest racing has always been in my blood, and it, it's been a strong influence. And, you know, having Sean as a, as a friend and a mentor has, uh, has only elevated that. That's super. Now, let me ask you a question. There's, there's the myth that Oklahoma has the baddest, fastest streetcars on the planet. Is that really true? Not just streetcars. Streetcars, street okay. Street-driven cars and street racers. Okay. Why, why, well, it, why do you think that is? We prove it all the time. We have street races, and people have come from all over the country. Uh, yeah, we've been beat. Uh, anyone can lose a race any day. But for the most part, um, we've done the majority of the winning. You know what, man? It, 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 we're landlocked. we got nothing else to do. You know, when, it, when it gets time to get out of high school and, uh, you know, you're out of class or you're, you just got done with your finals and you got a fast car and someone's calling you out, you don't have time to go to the track. 
So what do you do? You, you hit the you hit the local eighth mile uh, strip of asphalt or concrete, and uh, you get it done, and uh, you, you prove who's faster that way. Sean, what is some of the other cars that you had in the past leading up to the farm truck? Oh, I really never had anything fast. I just tinkered around with a lot of slow stuff. I had a 74 satellite station wagon that I called the station Gaggin, and uh, <laughs> it was a junker, but I had, you know, put... Uh, different carburetors and just bolt-on stuff, and I made it run pretty good. And that was my first taste of, uh, you know, outrunning a few cars that I technically shouldn't have been outrunning. Okay. Now you said you mentioned that you were, uh, you know, flagging and flashlighting for your brother when he used to street race and stuff. So what kind of cars did he race back in the day? He had Mustang, and uh, uh, one of his friends had a Bandit Trans Am, and that was the car to beat. Uh, <laughs> But it, didn't, it took a couple of years to get enough bolt-ons on that Mustang, and then the Bandit Trans Am couldn't hang anymore. Let me ask you a question. How long have you been kind of street racing and hot-rodding a little bit? How long have you been at this? Well, pretty much all my life. I've always been interested in it. Okay. So would it be fair to say that you've seen these cars really, really pick up some serious sophistication and speed? I mean, you know, back when I was you know, street racing in the 70s, I mean, I was running 12 and a half to 1, had to disconnect my air conditioner, no radio, you know, running uh, header mufflers, uh, five fourteen gears. Of course, I was a four speed guy, so I had a four hooker in there, you know. And and I'm running twelve seventies on the street, so and I'm having a hard, and that's from a roll because I couldn't pull out of the hole. So right. you look at these cars now, like your your truck, your truck runs tens effortlessly. Some of the guys in your group there running in the eights. I mean, you're talking one hundred fifty mile an hour cars, you know. Right. So, I mean, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you've kind of watched the evolution there a little bit, right? It, it's been crazy. The evolution of, and it, it seemed like it all happened in, you know, it started in the 90s that cars really started getting fast on the street. And then by the time we hit the aughts, it was ridiculous, you know, with nine, eight-second cars, and there's been a couple of seven-second cars on the street. I mean, you you move away for a year, you get out of the game for, for a few years, and you come back, and everybody's just passing you by. Uh, but you know what? Those 12-to-1 those, those compression, header-only cars, all motor, they still exist. And you, you just have to pick, you know, how much do you want to spend, and how fast do you want to go, how much do you want to risk, and how much of your time do you want to spend working on these cars. Your truck, um, when I met you at SEMA there, um, you were at the Nitrous Express booth, right? And they're, they're one of your sponsors, Nitrous Express? Oh, yeah. They've been very good to us. Okay. You can mention their name. That's fine. And yeah. uh, we'll give them a plug. And uh, now, let's say your car, how much, well, I, I mean, if you want to tell us some of the secrets, because, I mean, I looked at your truck, you know, and it's really, I mean, from, from an exterior standpoint, you know, it's just a basic 70, 68 to 72 Chevy truck, C10. Uh, you got a later model seat in it. Uh, little, little goodies underneath the truck. You know, I noticed a nine inch and a little bit of suspension work there. And, uh, but, uh, and you got some pretty serious tires on the back of that thing. And Did you bring a creeper to SEMA? I was, yeah. The, when, when you, you were around when, underneath my truck, yeah. I didn't see it. Maybe a mirror. <laughs> when you, you weren't looking, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you weren't looking, when you were talking to the other guys, I was all the way underneath that bad boy, <laughs> looking under her skirt. That's right. I was peeking. You know, uh, a lot of guys, uh, a lot of old school guys, don't like power adders, especially nitrous. But anymore, man, if you want to compete, you have to have a power adder. We like nitrous. Uh, we feel like it's the best bang for your buck. Uh, you know, you can install it on your car relatively cheap. Yeah, you got to nurse the bottle and make sure it's not too hot or too cold uh, and get it at the right pressure, and then you have to fill it. But um, 
it's still the way to go. It's it's the best bang for the buck. And, and the truck still, I mean, the GM engineers that built the truck got a lot right. I mean, the truck still has the two-piece drive shaft in it. Really? Uh, you know, so there's a lot of things that we didn't want to take away from the truck, uh, such as weight. I mean, in fact, we've added to it. So the, the GM engineers did a lot right originally. You're still running a two-piece drive shaft with a carrier bearing, and you haven't broke it? Well, it's actually in the 1970 two-piece drive shaft. Uh, I had it built. It's okay. out of a one-ton truck. And okay. yeah, it has a carrier <laughs> bearing and all that stuff. No kidding. I'll be darned. Jeez, I would have figured you'd grenade that thing by a long time ago. Well, now, tell us a little bit. I, I mean, you're, obviously, you get, both of you guys have some mechanical skills, because I was watching one episode where, where, where oh, no, 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 Asian no, was no, doing no, the... You don't uh, want to put a wrench uh, in Asian hands. Or Louise's. I heard And the uh, I heard that. A little more uh. You know? Give me a megaphone. Oh, the uh, a little bit more uh. Yeah. <laughs> that smart plug up. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, so, I mean, do you actually wrench on the motor yourself then, Sean? I mean, do you build that little darling yourself? Because there was another guy in one of the episodes I saw that was kind of standing around there when you guys were kind of picking on each other. That was the king of bling. He helped us pull it out. He's a good wrench. Okay. Um, um, John Ripman is his name. Okay. Uh, I have an engine builder in Salina, Kansas. Okay. His name is Mark Brown. The name of the shop is Advanced Engine Machine. Okay. He has taken mediocre parts. Uh, you know, they're just oval port GM heads, and it's a four-bolt main block. It's not even splayed. And it's held together for 13 years. I've had run thousands of bottles through that thing, and it's only broke on us one time. We dropped a lifter. That's because I dropped a cheap set of lift. Uh, set of lifters in it and uh, that's whenever i went to mark and he put a good set in it we haven't had any problems since okay. so uh, the guy's a genius as far as uh making mediocre parts do what they do well you know we're all in a budget to some extent so yeah my hat's off to a guy that can do that jumping back to the, sh- to the truck you know asian you made a comment about you know the undercarriage and stuff if you stop and think about it nascar basically uses that rear suspension uh, or similar to it. You know, they run in those big, long control arms that you guys got underneath there, you know, a Ford 9-inch. I mean, it's pretty much... Very uh, true. Very true. I mean, we never even got away from internal combustion engines, which, which in theory, should be obsolete by now. Yeah. Now, the, the, the motor that you got in that truck is you're sitting in front of, what, just a turbo 400 automatic? Is that what you got there on that thing? Um, it's a 4L80E transmission. Okay. With a manual with a manual valve body on it, so no, the electronics are pretty much taken out, and you have to shift it manually. But it's a it's a four L eighty out of a out of a half ton. Okay, so that thing basically runs what tens pretty easily. That uh, truck, it's gone some ten twenties. Okay, all right, so that's good. So you're running ten, you know, you're running on ten twenty index. Then all right, well, let me ask you this now. When you let's jump to the show a little bit. Tell us a little bit how the whole show thing came about for you guys. Because you do, well, you know what? You it's know, a fun a lot show. Of YouTube stuff on the farm truck. Okay. Um, and uh, they started researching. Pilgrim Studios is our production company, and they started researching street racing. And all the videos that popped up were of Oklahoma City. Um, so they contacted Big Chief. They uh, did a post on his website, Midwest Street Cars. And a lot of people didn't take them seriously at first. They thought they were just spamming the site. They they, they kind of tried to call him out on it. Yeah, he posted up, you know, we want to make a reality TV show on street racing. If you guys are interested, let us know. Um, and Chief posted up, I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> and they called Chief, and Chief got it all lined out. And uh, 
Chief tried to stay true to the street racing scene. He passed out everyone's phone number that was actually street racing at the time. There's a lot of people that have street raced in the past and they quit and they're track racers now. But now everyone wants on the show. But, uh, you know, I like the way Chiefs handled it. You know, he, he tried to stay true to the street racers. When you guys, uh, in, in various episodes, like uh, there's a, it seems like there's a big rivalry between you and Texas. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. That's Donald. That's gone on since statehood. Okay. <laughs> okay. He didn't start that one. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't start that one. Okay. So... So, like, for example, there was one episode where I was watching where the guy shows up with uh, what looked like, you know, a pro mod. Uh, well, it wasn't quite. It was a uh, probably a it was a small tired car, Camaro, and he was going to run you guys. And there was some discussion about him wanting to, you know, uh, goo down the, the street, which you typically do on a track. Tracks are generally prepped anyway. Uh, this is the season premiere that just that just aired last Monday. Right. Those are the Houston guys that came up. Okay. And, uh, you know, LMR, you know, they and they, they got their start posting up a YouTube video. You know, I mean, they, they should probably stick to, to posting YouTube videos. Right. <laughs> no. Hey, what's the name of their shop agent, LMR? What does that stand for? Lost Most Recently. Lost. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Against the Oklahoma Boys. Okay, very good. Now, let me ask you this. I mean, the when, when you guys do the show, do you guys get to – I mean, is everybody just kind of like – you're not scripted. I mean, it's just kind of like a casual thing, and whatever happens, happens. Is that kind of the way it works? That's pretty much the way it is. A lot of people think it's fake and scripted, but they're still watching. It would be hard to pull that off. None of us are actors, man. We're, we're a bunch of just Midwest street racers, and uh, if they asked us to act, it would it would come off pretty pretty horribly. So uh, they stick a camera in our face, and we do what we do. Well, also, and I- as far as a script goes, my memory's about as long as mine. Never mind. We're not okay. talking about Trump. Trump, 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 Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I couldn't remember a script or, you know, and sometimes people say it's staged and it'd be pretty tough to jack that truck up and get it on a stage behind curtains and <laughs> Yeah, we just don't understand all that. You know, that's a good question, and we like to clear that up, that the fact that, you know, just because it's on television and people aren't doing it with us, uh, the fact that it doesn't exist, you know, it's very real. Um, the, the streets are real. The, the, the speed is real. Uh, they can chop it up and edit it however they want it to look, but, the, but at the end of the day, you can't change what happened on video. Well, I can tell you this. As a former street racer, okay, and I still do once in a while when I can get away with it, I can tell you that your show really, truly seems real. I mean, the, the, the rivalry, the, the mouthing off that goes on, you know, the calling out, the pushing, the shoving, the racing, the streets, the speeds, the noise, the whole nine yards. I did it. I was there. It's real, and your show seems really real. And that's why I dig your show. I really, truly think it's a cool show because I can relate to it. And anybody else that's ever done any street racing or hot rodding, knows that that's pretty much how it takes place on the uh, on the street drag strips a different deal you know yeah you're supposed to be in a, in a racing environment and you know you stage and you get in line and you make your pass and you go back to the pits and there's a little mouthing off but nothing's more exciting and i can't explain it but i want you guys to elaborate on it than street racing so tell us really give us a real sensation well you know it's really no different than at the track because there's a lot of arguing and pushing and shoving and fist fighting at the track, just as much as on the street. Um, you know, th- there's also a sense of urgency, though. 
You yeah. Because it, it is illegal, and we don't do it because it's illegal. We do it, and it just happens to be illegal. And so uh, when, when someone calls you out and the track's closed, you have no other choice but to get it done right then and there, and uh, you've got a handful of streets to do it on. So uh, when it comes down to it, you know, the, the, there's, a, there's a huge sense of urgency, and the fact that, you know, um, the, the law frowns upon it extremely hard. And, and you know, I, I, I guess that, that's a part of the rush, and also, you know, you, you're, you're doing it on a – you're doing on a city road. Also, it's an unprepped surface. Okay. The guy with the most money in his car does not always win. The guy that can drive his car and that spent time on his car trying to get it to hook on an unprepped surface is the guy that's going to win. Um, and at the track, hey, you know, it, it's a spending contest. The guy with the most money wins. You know, and I, I like to always compare it to a street fight. You know, you got a, a bunch of guys playing basketball, and then a fight breaks out. Who's watching the basketball game? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the street race go down. If two guys are in their car and they're about to battle it out, that's where my eyes are focused. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what's really cool now, let's, go, let's talk a little bit about the fishing theme that you guys, because you kind of roll into a little gas station, you know, and you see some guy there, and then you set him up. I mean, you talk about major sandbagging. I mean, tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> well, you know, fishing is just something that we do for fun. When we're bored, we, yeah. we head out, and, you know, a lot of times we go out, we get nothing, just like fishing. That's why we started calling it fishing. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of times that you don't get a race at all. You know, heck, Saturday night's dead, or you know, we we go grab a bite to eat in the truck, you know, and and go out and try to try to see some guy. And but you know what? It's it's the guy that we see a hundred yards in front of us. You know, it's the Corvette that's just at the, at the next stoplight that we try to catch up to. Um, and also, we're looking for the that cocky guy. You okay. Know? The guy that, this is the fastest thing on the road, buddy. You know, he's got a dealer tag, yeah. you know, flapping <laughs> in the wind. Yeah, that's the guy we're looking for, the guy that thinks that he can't be beat. Now, and go ahead, go ahead. We humble him really quick. You do? <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, when you guys, uh, like, do you like getting the street guy that's got the late model car? Because I think there was an episode where you got some guy in a Cadillac. And then there was another guy, you got him in, a, in one of those uh, Chargers, you got a, uh, a big Chrysler 300, you got the guy in the vet. Who uh, can keep track of all those? <laughs> I know. I mean, it's like uh, you've been at this for quite a while, you know. So uh, I love that new technology versus vintage race. You know, it's it's all right to have the farm truck versus a Chevelle or a or a first generation Camaro, but it's it's that new generation that that we really like to compare apples and oranges to. Now, when you drive that truck on the street, do you have – I didn't pay that close attention, but you, t you look like you had a big set of stickies on the back. Are those like street and strip tires, or are they pretty much slicks, full-blown slicks? Well, they're my street tires. Okay. <laughs> I get it. Enough said. Enough said. I get it. Okay. Are there any other tires that you would use? Uh, no, no, no. That works perfectly oh, for me. <laughs> now, now, I would think, though, that your truck has built up a pretty good reputation. So how – easy is it for you or difficult is it to find victims um victims <laughs> <laughs> it, it gets harder and harder with every episode that comes out um you know but we found uh, a niche uh we know that a lot of people don't watch the show even a lot of car guys don't watch the show so um we can pick on motorcycles oh really uh, you know we can pick on a lot of lamborghinis and you know a lot of exotics uh-huh um 
Uh, we're not done yet. Not done. And there's our guys that have seen the show. They've seen the truck. They've seen it run. They've seen it beat these guys, and they still think we're slow. And they, they still want a shot at the truck. And those guys are, are a dime a dozen. Okay. Now, there was an episode where you guys were on pinks. What happened there? Oh, <laughs> that's another bag of worms. You want to open that one up? <laughs> well, no, I mean, you can go, if you want to, go, go you tell us a little bit about gang, it. Um, we decided that we were going to go on the show. Um, we were watching an episode. Chief, Big Chief came over to my house, and I said, hey, what do you think of this show? And he said, we should build a car and go on the show. Well, my next phone call was to Asian. And I said, Asian, get on the computer, figure out what it's going to take to get us on that show. I I don't know how I did it, but I found Rich Christensen's cell phone number somewhere online. You know, I'm half Asian, so that that part kicked in real quick. (laughs) Man, I called him up. I I did a little elevator pitch, um, told him we had this Mustang. We didn't have a car. We We had nothing. We had nothing. We didn't have a motor. We we had a dream. And uh, I kind of blatantly uh, told a bit of a white lie, but it got us on the show, man. And anyway, we set out, we built this, uh, we found a Mustang out of a field in Choctaw, Oklahoma, and it was just a shell. And uh, we built the whole car in 28 days, paint and all. Uh, we put a small block Chevy in it uh, with lots of nitrous, and um, we went on the show, and you're not going to believe this, but we beat a Honda Civic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they they matched us up with that guy. They told us what to bring. We they said, hey, bring a bring a twelve second car. We brought a twelve second yeah. car on the motor, and the kid brought a. Tw- you know what? We don't know what that Honda would ever ran. Right. Anyway, um, I don't know. It was kind of shocking um, because we didn't know if that show was real or not. Just like a lot of people don't think our show is real. Um, so the the car wound up breaking. Uh, we were pushing it over the Honda, the Honda, the Honda. Yeah. The Honda broke and we were pushing it over to our trailer. And I was like, wow, we're really pushing their car. Wow. (laughs) We're really pushing their car over to our pit. Wow. We're actually pushing their car into our trailer. Wow, we're closing the trailer door. We're leaving the track with their car. Is this his title in my pocket? (laughs) (laughs) It was unbelievable, you know, that it was real, and we were actually taking the car home. But the, the second chance, and, and that's a story less told, is is the second offer we got from Rich Christensen to be on for a second time. That's right. Okay, tell us about that. Okay, he called us, and he said, we want to put you guys on a winner's episode. Well, we were leery anyway, because Rich found out that we were actually sandbagging. We brought too fast of a car, and he was wanting revenge. And anyway... Uh, he called us up and said, hey, I got this minivan that I want you to race with a small block. And we're like, okay, uh, we'll run him. So we load everything up. We're heading out to Phoenix, Arizona to run this guy. And he called me whenever we got past Albuquerque, which is halfway, uh, beyond halfway. And um, he, uh, excuse me. And you know what? Lo and behold, they're bringing something much quicker. They're like, yeah, guys, you know what? Uh, you're not going to race the uh, the minivan. And I think they threw another car at us. And, uh, and down they threw the, a Mustang in there. Yeah, and we're, they're like, oh, guess what? They called us back. They guess what? You're not running that either. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we get, I don't know, we, we get a little bit outside of the, the Arizona state line. And uh, So finally I said, 
all right, Rich, we're over halfway there. We're coming. We're bringing the Honda back, you know, because we sold the car back to the kid uh, for a reasonable price. And we, he, we told him that we would race anything that he put in front of us. So he breaks out the Woolly Mammoth. Do you remember that car? No, I don't. It, it was a Vega wagon with fur all over it. And it was okay. an eight-second car. It was a tube chassis, big block car, weighed nothing, probably weighed as much as a Volkswagen Bug. And, uh, you know, they flew in Chris Chow to drive it. He's one hell of a driver, had the fastest Grand National on the planet for a little while. He uh, put the A-team together to defeat us. He called an attorney, Alex Dvorak, which is, he's late now. He, he passed away racing. Uh, one hell of a race car driver, by the way, to, to negotiate. Um, and uh, they, they had the A-team. They, they were out for blood, and they were going to get it. So they didn't get the blood. We whooped them, and yeah. uh, we took the car home. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know what? When you go up against people, I mean, that is all we do is race, period. That's all we think about. That's all we've ever done, and that's all we want to do. Um, you know, anyone can lose at any time. You know, any mm -hmm. race can be lost. We understand we that. We could have broke. We could have broke the Mustang. Uh, we could have blew the motor. Uh, anything. We could have broken axle, and we could have lost by default. But, you know, when, whenever you run across guys that all they do is race, you you got a full plate, you know? Is your reaction time pretty quick? Uh, I wouldn't brag about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get out of the hole pretty good. Um, yeah, you know, I've slept before, just like everybody else. Okay. I've been caught up there making a sandwich. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> that thing launches real hard. But he doesn't. He's he's being pretty modest right now. When, okay. when, when Sean is, when we're trying to do other things other than race, yeah, you get out of the groove and you get you get some ring rust. Mm -hmm. when you don't when you when you're not racing all the time. But once Sean is on his A game and he's behind the truck at all times, there's no one else that can cut a light like him. Okay. Now, how far do you travel to, to set up the street? I know you go to Texas, and I know you've been to Arizona, and I think there were some episodes where I saw you guys were out there doing some uh, carnage in California. So uh, how about over here to Florida? Are you ever going to make it out our way? You never know where our travels are going to take us. <laughs> but, you know, we do like to get out of town and uh, go to other places and race other people. Um, you know, as far as the truck goes, we know it's not the fastest truck in the country. It's basically just a decoy that we built to sneak up on Corvettes and Vipers. Mm -hmm. uh, but the guys that are on the list, uh, you know, the top five, we'll put them up against any cars in the country. Those uh, th That gets back to your team now. So you've got Chief, you got got uh, Varley, you got uh, Sean with uh, the, the Killer Nova, you got Justin. Uh, sure. I mean, you yeah, got some. You, you know, you got Derek. You know, there's a lot of new guys. You got Monza with the split bumper Camaro. That's a big deal. You uh, know, those cars are no joke, man. And so, they prove it time and time again. I mean, uh, every time I think that we're up against the challenge, uh, it, it it just goes to show. You know, it puts another one in the pages of history. Do you do, now? Do the, the, the do you guys travel like in packs, or do they go to one location and you go to another location, or how does that work? And then for the show, for the purposes of the TV show, do they pretty much uh, tell you what, where, and when? Uh, no, not really. Uh, you know, there's a lot of internet chatter the, that'll never end. Um, uh, Chief usually lines all that stuff out because he doesn't want 
to go to a different state and we show up and there's a bunch of 11 second Camaros that we have to race. He wants to make sure that they're hardcore street racers and uh, and they got something fast. We're up for the challenge. Yeah, he, he's tired of people bringing these slow cars and we, we have to race them and blow them out of the water. He wants to race the fastest cars on the planet, period. In in Florida back in the day, they, well, it's going back up until a few years ago, we used to have uh, over at uh, Orlando um, Speed World, I think that's where it is, The over at, it's in Bithlo, which is just outside of Orlando, they used to have the fastest streetcar races there. Uh, this is, and I kind of haven't followed it too much, but it used to be up until that again? It used to be the fastest street cars. Did you guys or any of your boys from Oklahoma ever compete here in Orlando at the Orlando Speed World race uh, drive strip? Uh, we wouldn't. We wouldn't go. Um, last I checked, was it Track Outlaws or Street Outlaws? Definitely Street Outlaws. That's right. Yeah, it's Street Outlaws. Okay. <laughs> Not Track Outlaws. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. I'm just saying because I know Oklahoma, you got some pretty bad cars. I'm just saying. On a, and these are supposed to be street cars that are competing on the track. You know, I mean, so have have any of your guys from your neck of the woods, you part of your team, have they ever competed here? Well, I think that if you took those cars that run in the fastest street car event in Orlando, and you put them actually on a street, uh, they'd have they'd have a a handful trying to get them to hook. Um, that's the whole thing about street racing, you know. You're, you're racing the road. You're not. You're, you're almost just racing the road and not the other guy. Um, so, um, you know, the, they can call it whatever they want, fastest street car race. Um, but the point is, is, it's at a track, and the track is prepped. Um, it's prepped for a reason, for insurance reasons. There's liabilities involved. Um, they've got a wide, you know, every lane is, is as wide as, as the playing field. So um, it's a different animal. We would run any one of those cars on the street that run in that event. Okay. Now let me ask you this. Tell us about some of the, what are some of the hairiest uh, races you've done? Give us a couple uh, stories because people love stories. I love stories. Man. I don't know. Do, do uh... or let me let me put it like this: Which uh, some of the guys that you've raced that it was you re- that somebody that caught you off guard that had a pretty fast car? Sure, that would be who the bike. You go. You know what, man? Uh, for for the longest time, um, uh, we we would just cruise around. And, you know, we we would just cruise around and. Uh, you know, look for races. And one time, you know, my dad has always said, you know, I've always said, oh, you know, we raced that guy. And, and uh, my dad's passed away. But he uh, he would always ask me, well, did you beat a motorcycle? And we'd be like, nah. I'd be like, nah, we didn't beat a motorcycle. And he was like, nah, it wasn't that fast then. And, and one day, man. One day we rolled up on this guy at a stoplight. And we're, we, we were cruising along and we caught the red. So we're shutting down for the red. And... I revved up my truck, and he laughed out loud. And it was a Cal 1000. It was a Kawasaki 1000, and all he had was a tack and a shift light up there. He didn't have any gauges, you know, So, and it extended swing arm. I mean, it was a fast bike. Um, anyway, I said, let's get it. And he's like, you want to race this with that? <laughs> <laughs> and he totally laughed at us, and I said, yeah, dude, I'm going to bust your ass. And uh, anyway, the light turns green, and I let him go because, you know, sometimes whenever you pick a race at a light, uh, they just want to see you go, and they just sit there. So right. I waited for him to go. By the time we got underneath the light, I was alongside him, and we just, well, I don't guess you blow doors off a motorcycle, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure the turbulent winds coming blew, off of the front of that truck blew his socks off. <laughs> anyway, he couldn't believe 
that he had just got beat by a ugly old farm truck with a camper on and the I think back. it was I think it was bike night at some crab shack. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> bike night. And he was headed there with his buddy and his buddy saw him lose. We pulled into the, to the bike night and he went in and ordered a beer and we never saw him again. Yeah, he went in there and hid. <laughs> I, I, I think he actually bought a for sale sign for that. Yeah, he <laughs> did. Do you guys buy, keep... hey, buy that stock for sale buy... sign. <laughs> we, the first time we've ever raced a bike and it, it, man it, it's one of the the, the the one of the memories that stands out the most. And that's a tribute to Asian's daddy. Yeah, you know, the, if the truck can beat a bike, and, and now the truck's got a long history of beating motorcycles, Hayabusa's, uh, Cowboy really? Thou's, and uh, man. Uh, mopeds, too. <laughs> we'll run mopeds. We're not prejudiced. <laughs> okay, okay. If what? you can beat a motorcycle and the guy can ride, that, that says something. How about another truck? Oh, uh, we've run lots of other trucks. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, Anybody else pull the, pull the same stunt on you that you're doing everybody else? Well, I don't know. It's hard to hustle a hustler. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm sure that our day is coming. There's going to be a day where uh, we get hustled by an old something or another. Yeah. And we'll get a taste of our own medicine. But um, And I'm sure it won't taste very good. But we'll swallow it. You know, it's part of the game. Okay. Probably a 56 Ford truck with a camera in it, right? Something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. All right. Now, let's tell, tell us a little bit about the rankings. You got your group of guys, your uh, compadres there, you know, that we talked about, Chief and Varley and Sean and Justin and all those guys. Um, and you're ranked 10, and I think we got about three, four minutes sure, I'm left. I'm not sure where we're at on the show right now. Okay. Obviously, we're done filming. Um you know, we enjoy being the gatekeeper. Okay, that's you know? that's where um, I was going. The gatekeeper. Okay, so in other words, you keep you're holding everybody off at the ten, at the tenth position, right? You know, with that with that position, uh, we, we everyone's like, when are you going to move up the list? You know, sure, we we might take a stab at that down the road, um, but right now we're having too much fun. Race. We get all the races. When you when you're in the middle or at the top of the list, you get no action. No one wants to race the top guys. I mean, everyone wants to be number one, but you you rarely have an opportunity to compete for yeah. them. When you're at the bottom, everyone that that that's a busy area of the list. We get to keep all the riffraff out. Okay, okay. And it's a good niche for the truck, you know. What about imports? Now there was I was there was watching one episode where there was some guy that had uh, one of those uh, GTRs and uh, twin turbocharged, and he's. You know, he's kind of running his mouth a little bit. You ever race that guy yet? No, we haven't raced him. Um, we we pushed for it. Oh, Bernie. Bernie's a good Bernie, guy. Bernie, that's but, it, yeah. Yeah, he's got a he's got an import, and, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of import guys that, that, you know, I don't know. They've got this idea that they're just the fastest guys on the planet. That's a crazy GTR. We heard around the campfire that it went 890s. It's a fast car at the track. At the track, it's no joke. Ooh, 890s. That's pretty fast. That's a nine-second car. Easy. Yeah. Okay. I think they said it made like 1,400 horsepower, um, and being all-wheel drive, all he has to do is put a pull up to the line, leave on launch control, and the rest is history. Huh. How often do you change your rear tires? <laughs> we go through our fair share. <laughs> Take stock in those, too. Rubber. Rubber. <laughs> what are they? Are they M&Hs, or what are you running? Uh, we Could run Mickey Thompson's. Oh, you run a Mickey Thompson's? The, the stiff sidewall. Yeah. Because it's better for a heavier vehicle. Okay. Your truck weighs what? Forty nine oh nine. That's race weight. That's with me and Louise in it. Louise, with me in it. Louise, we almost forgot about <laughs> her. There we go. <laughs> Tell us about Louise. What kind of dog is she? Dude, call your dog off. Man. <laughs> You're scaring us. <laughs> that's, that's, um, go ahead. That's my wiener dog. 
Um, Louise is a blue healer. Okay. I'm not familiar with that. What kind of dog is that? Um, it's an Australian cattle dog. Okay. So she's and feisty they too, really then. haven't been domesticated, not even 100 years yet. Um, but they're amazing dogs. Uh, they, they have one person that they pick, and they don't care about the rest of the world. And obviously, you know, she's my dog. She's picked me, and she's just waiting around on her next command. Wow, that's cool. She's riding with you when you uh, race all the time, right? Oh, yeah. She's always ridden with me ever since she was a little baby. And, you know, the, the truck, when I first got it, it, it was slow. And uh, she grew up and evolved with the speed of the truck. Um, so she's pretty much used to it now. But she's 13 years old. Coming, uh, Her birthday is March 1. She'll be 14. And, um, you know, I don't know, man. She She might have to retire soon. You know, and in the very beginning, when I first started hanging out with Sean, she was already, she was, I don't know, maybe a year too old, and she wouldn't even let me sit in the truck. <laughs> she, would not, she, would, she would hold down that position, and she would not let me sit down in that truck, and there's always been a little bit of a rub between me and her. Yeah. Now, I don't know why, but the dog has never bit anyone but Asian. She loves the taste of Asian. <laughs> You know, we'll be in a race, and I'll be right shifting right in the middle of it, and then all of a sudden, Asian will yell out, Sean, Louise is biting me! <laughs> I'll be cracking up, trying to drive the truck. I mean, it's a handful anyway, you know? And uh, Louise is over there biting Asian for no reason. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what he did to her. Well, you know, we're going to have to talk about it. We didn't get to the story, but I want to talk about the Oscar, but we'll save that for the next time. Hey, would you guys be willing to come on again sometime? Yeah, no problem. Absolutely. Good, because you guys, uh, it was really good. I enjoyed having you on the show. Go ahead and plug your show one more time real quick for our listeners. We're just... Hey, it's Street Outlaws on the Discovery Channel. 9 o'clock Central Time. That would be what days? 10 o'clock East Coast Time. Okay. What days? What days? Monday. Monday after Fast and Loud. Monday after Fast and Loud. Okay, hey, I want to thank my friends, John, Asian, and Louise. I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, the most legendary and fascinating names in motorsports. Be sure to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Don't forget to visit us here every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Tell your friends you can see or hear or listen to any of our past shows of Nostalgic Radio and Cars, our podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Don't forget this weekend, HSR Race at Sebring and Cammie Edelbrock will be at Hot Rods and Hogs in Fort Myers. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, love your family. Take care, guys. Telling tales out of school, but there's a feller in there who'll pay you $10 if you're singing to his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you junk cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. Listen. Junk cracker.